Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hello, hello. Welcome back. If this is your first time, thanks for joining. Has your team gotten their heads wrapped around social media marketing yet? Not to worry. This episode should give you some ideas about what works and what doesn't, and a little peek at the future. Before we start, thanks as always for listening and for your feedback. I'm also excited to announce that in the next few weeks, I'll be offering a new product that should be of interest to many of you. But right now, let's get started. This is going... All right. Mary Kennedy is the founder of Comprendia, a digital and social media marketing firm servicing the biotechnology sector. Over the last 10 years, she has also used her social media skills to build her own brand with 35,000 followers and a significant community as the founder of the San Diego Biotech Network. Mary, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Thank you, Chris, and thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, my pleasure. So naturally, based on that introduction today, we're talking about social media marketing for life science brands. What is the status of social media right now among scientists? Are they, are they using it? And two, are they using it in a way that's useful for brands to take advantage of? That's a great question. So they're definitely using it. So I, as you mentioned, I founded the San Diego Biotech Network, and I also founded Comprendia back in 2008. And back then, I was super excited about the potential for social media for the life scientists, but the scientists weren't really seeing it, and the marketers weren't really seeing it. So I spent a lot of time doing a lot of education. Uh, To be honest, I would get quite frustrated but slowly and surely after uh, 10 years, it's definitely found a place in life science marketing. So uh, I'm going to quote, uh, do a couple of statistics from uh, an Insights Pharma report uh, on marketing to life scientists. And Chris, hopefully you can put the link to this in the description of this. Yeah, but, absolutely. But uh, 55% of scientists say social media is important for work. use LinkedIn for work and 28% use YouTube for work and this report has all sorts of other interesting statistics so it is important for them and anecdotally as I mentioned over 10 years I just see it increasing um, every year and one of the things that I've seen is scientists are more interested in science communication And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. I think the lack of funding for academic labs makes scientists turn to other ways that they can support their research through getting more views on their publications, building up a network in ResearchGate either to promote their research or to find people for their lab or to get their job. So we definitely we definitely see an uptick and we also see life science brands using it more. So for the scientific sci- the San Diego Biotechnology Network, we see that the number of Twitter accounts has basically doubled over the last 5 years. So 
the other part of your question is whether scientists are using it in a way that relates to life science brands and that's a definite yes so they tweet or share information seriously so they'll share uh, their blog if they've written up an article about a paper that they've read so that's the serious side uh, and if a scientist is using their computer more so for example bioinformaticists they're going to be at the computer more and jumping over to Twitter and sharing information so it's definitely relevant to science and then they get pretty fun so uh, one of the things that we've noticed over the last couple of years is that Instagram is really becoming popular for scientists but not so much for life science brands so there's a real opportunity there so I could probably talk for another five minutes about all the the clever hashtags on Instagram one of them is scientists who selfie and you know it sounds kind of silly but it it really is they're showing the public that they're real people that they're doing interesting work and serious work so I think there's a real opportunity for life science marketing companies to get involved uh, especially in medium that uh, you might not think is is uh, a great place to share information about products. Right. So I'm I'm always fascinated about Instagram. In fact, it's sort of my new favorite platform that I'm using for other things. And when I think of science companies using Instagram, of course, naturally I think of microscope pe people that have <laughs> whose product is essentially imaging. But if a company wants to interact with all those other scientists who aren't necessarily, you know, in the imaging field, but they're taking selfies of themselves or they are talking about their research or their day, how does a brand interact with them? And what should the, I mean, is it just, could it just be commenting and on a scientist's posts or, and what should they post on their own? Um, okay. Feed? Okay. So I think definitely engagement is important. So on social media, it should be more about sharing than it is about selling and also engaging with scientists. As we both know, scientists are always going to be skeptical. That's never going to change. And they can see when a company is being uh, not uh, not straightforward with what their what their goal is so uh, you mentioned that some companies don't have content that's very image friendly but I would argue that if a company gets creative they can always find something to share on Instagram Twitter so a few weeks ago there was what I call a social media social media holiday called International Women's Day and a local company in San Diego called Genomatica they took that and uh, they took pictures of all of their female scientists and they did a montage and it really came off well it really came off like a genuine uh, promotion of the holiday quote unquote holiday and also their employees so I think you know there's definitely the opportunity one of the things that 
you know, sticks out like a sore thumb if a company is just on social media and all of their content is just about them. And that just, uh, that just doesn't fly in social media and, and brands need to understand that they need to fully embrace social media. And so I know Chris and I have talked about the Life Science Industry Awards, and I know you've you've covered that on your podcasts. So Sigma, Millipore Sigma, I'm sorry, with all the brand changes, sometimes it's hard to remember. <laughs> yeah. Millipore Sigma got the award for social media, and uh, I've been looking, I was just looking at their their tweets this morning, and they've got, I they have something called a Curiosity Cube that they sent to PitCon, and they just have a picture of this Curiosity Cube somewhere. You know, it's a beautiful picture. It looks like it's in the desert. It's on the road, and I don't know exactly how they did that, but they're really embracing it, and if you look at their Twitter feed, uh, you can really see that they're, they really get it, and I think, unfortunately, probably about half of the companies that are, are trying to do social media aren't really getting it, and then it's a vicious cycle because then they don't get the ROI on it and they, you know, it's, they keep not putting enough effort into it. Right. Yeah. We're definitely going to talk about that a little bit. You mentioned, you know, we had a little conversation a while back and you talked about, you know, science, you were, you went to an event, I think it was uh, PAG in San Diego. And um, you mentioned that you know, lots of the scientists there make memes of how they struggle in the lab. And then you walk the floor looking at the companies and their social media and it's not existent or not done well. And it seems to me that those scientists are telling you exactly what their problems are. Is that an area that's ripe for a clever brand to deliver content on? Yes, definitely. So, in the in the case of these, so the Twitter account is actually PAG underscore memes if you want to check it out because it's kind of, you know, they say a picture is worth a thousand words and a meme is probably worth a million. So, and if you're not familiar with what a meme is, it's it's basically something that can be shared, something that's humorous that pertains to a group of people and again go to this the 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 twitter page for this and and you'll understand what it is so yeah so this person who had started the pag memes and i don't know if it's a female or a male but they really created some buzz at the event because they were sharing like i'm looking at it now and and there's a meme about how they prefer taco trucks over the food that they're serving at the convention and it's and it's pretty funny and so you know this is kind of an extreme example of someone who's really gone out there and you know most of these most of these memes are kind of snarky so at one uh, i actually talked to one vendor who was offended because they were making fun of uh, having to pay for their software and it was it's kind of a subtle you know the person was offended but when i looked at the meme I, I took it as more that people don't ever pay for software. So when they actually do pay for it, they expect a lot. So um, there's definitely feedback being shared on social media. And, you know, if you look at the big brands, you know, they crossed this bridge probably seven years ago where they're actually talking to customers 
uh, solving problems. I think Zappos was the first company, the shoe company. They've actually talked to me on Twitter about about issues that I've had. But yeah, definitely there's a there's a big opportunity there. I think when it gets to the point where someone's making a meme about your product, it might be too late. So that's also an opportunity. You don't want to be that <laughs> that vendor who's surprised at. Um, at the uh, at the response, but and I, Chris and I had talked earlier about being able to you know uh, head that off at the pass, and I think that's that's possible, but you'd have to do a little bit more. You'd have to do more of a market research. You couldn't do that all on social media, but definitely there's a lot of feedback um, being shared on social media. All right. So let's talk a little bit about things not to do. Um, certainly, it sounds like you've looked at a lot of campaigns. And without calling out anyone directly, because it's not our goal to embarrass companies, brands, individuals here, but can you describe some examples of the type of effort that probably doesn't pay off like someone might have intended? Sure. So I went to a conference a couple years ago, and uh, one of the exhibitors spent a lot of money. I can't even guess how much money, but it was probably in the six figures on uh, an Instagram-friendly booth where people could take pictures. They had a band that was actually made up of people from the company. They had a huge party. They had their own hashtag. And I was just, I was just blown away. But uh, months later, I looked at their Twitter account and they still only had about 1,500 followers, which on Twitter is, I don't know that for, and it's a larger company. So I don't really think that they're really, they really got many followers out of it. And they had gone back to just, just uh, broadcasting about their products. They weren't really sharing any, sharing any engaging content or talking to the people that were following them. So, I mean, this is an example where, you know, they chose something, they, they, they took a risk and they chose something that doesn't really translate to being able to share throughout the year or being able to have your products associated with um, engagement on social media. So, you know, that's one example. And it just basically comes from, you know, I, I can't get into that company and, and, and say why it happened, but it has all the earmarks of uh, an agency coming in that doesn't know anything about life science or life scientists and just you know, let's just do this this kitschy promotion and we'll get a lot of attention at the conference and then the agency moves on and, and the and the life science company, you know, tries to do their best throughout the year. So I think, you know, again, it really embracing social media as not just a silo that you're going to you know, I see some companies saying they're gonna hire a social media intern and I cringe every time I see that because an intern just speaks of someone who's going to be temporary, paid low, and, you know, be responsible just for maintaining the accounts. And it really needs to be to be integrated into your marketing. And I don't know if, if you're familiar with the hype cycle, but it's, um, it's a graph, you know, easy, easy to Google. It's that all new technologies go through this phase where, you know, 
at first people think that it will solve every problem in the world and then they figure that it doesn't solve every problem in the world but that it is a very important part of the overall uh, technology. So um, again, if you Google it, a picture is worth a thousand words. Um, but I think social media has finally uh, reached that that point. And you know, you could do a, you can do an experiment. I'm I'm still one of those um, people who who likes to listen to the news every night. And pretty much every night on the on the national news, they'll bring up Twitter. And so it's you know, I, I think when when I started really proselytizing about social media, scientists were thinking that it was something that you would do in your spare time and that your advisor wouldn't be very happy about it. But it is just such a part of life that, you know, uh, unlike me, a lot of people are getting their news and other information on other types of media. So you really need to be current on social media as a scientist and the marketers really need to catch up with that. Yeah, I I won't say I follow a lot of scientists. I do follow some, and um, I mean, some of them are not life scientists. They're certainly not molecular biologists, which was my my background. I mean, it's more. I mean, I follow somebody who is in love with snails, and she's posting regularly. And I follow <laughs> another guy who's big into the whole Mars exploration, mm-hmm. and um, Carl Zimmer, of course. And um, I want to say, is it Andrew Young? Anyway. He writes for Atlantic. I'm sure I do not have the right name. But, um, yeah, so going back to your event example, I mean, it just, as, as with everything we do in marketing, there has to be sort of a long-term plan. And, you know, however that campaign turned out, in the downside isn't just the wasted money and effort, but it's the possibility that you don't get a second chance. Right. And so it would seem to be, I mean, that's a, that's sort of a risk that seems at the beginning, like it paid off maybe in a big way because it's probably very engaging at the event and shortly thereafter, but in the long run, it's not. And then maybe you don't get a chance to do something that's more sustainable. Yeah. I think, I think companies just need to realize, you know, everything old is new. The existing tenants of marketing aren't going to change. So social media and the internet is important, but it's still just another channel. And I think, um, I know we talked about having different generations, and I think that you need to understand that you need to take a new perspective on your marketing. So I've been in companies where the older marketers just, categorically deny you know or, or, or refuse to use different types of social media they just say I don't do Twitter and I don't see the point of it I've also talked to marketers who say I don't think anybody's gonna buy a $50,000 equipment based on a tweet and it's just you need to just change your thinking because we're never gonna go back to that situation where somebody's going to reply somebody's going to depend on a full page ad in the science in science to buy a product and you need to listen to those younger generations who are telling you everything that's going on in social media but then you also need to train them on how scientists 
R because that's not going to change. So I was at I was also at a conference where a company filled a bathtub up with balls. It sounds kind of funny, but they they wanted you they wanted people to sit in that bathtub and get a picture taken and then I can't remember exactly what the contest was and I just took one look at that and you know I'm trained as a scientist too and you know scientists are just too introverted for that <laughs> it's just you know you're not going to sit in a bathtub at a, at a science and it was a you know it was a really serious biotech conference so I think that you know what what I love about social media is it brings those different generations together and then also it shows the culture of your company so if you if you don't have a great culture maybe that's something you need to work on and I mentioned Genomatica that was just really great that they had the picture of all the female scientists for International Women's Day and it was good for everyone it was good for the the women that got featured it was good for the rest of the company it was good for the for the scientists who saw them share that on social media and so I think it, it can really bring people together and again if, if you don't have a product that's that's worthy of sharing on social media that's not exciting enough you know maybe you need to to rethink that and you know come up with something that really is you know something that you really want to is you know maybe not Instagram worthy but um, social media worthy that uh, people are going to get excited about. Yeah, again, that takes some planning because I'm sure not everybody can tell you what day International Women's Day is, <laughs> and you have to be ready with that content when the day shows up. So that requires some planning, and you know there's branding in there, and that and maybe people find out about you with something that's sort of off topic it's on topic for the day of course right but if you yeah. think narrowly just about your product and science you would miss that opportunity and there is no company um you know except unless you're a men's club to, to not, not take advantage of international women's day for the most part right so yeah. and other and those things i don't know how you find out maybe you know how you well, find it's, all it's, those things that are going to pop up on Twitter? It's this is going to sound like um, that we talked about this, but actually I just covered that last week. So we added all those days to our calendar, the Comprendia calendar, because oh, nice. I was I was pleasantly surprised that so many com so many life science companies celebrated International Women's Day, and so we took there's a there's a company called HubSpot that's really big in uh, marketing automation and um, content uh, customer relationship management and they have a calendar that has everything it's got national pizza day national whatever day so we took that calendar and we took out the ones that we thought that life scientists would would be interested in and then we added some of the fun ones in and then we also added in all of the disease awareness days because there's, there's a lot of those too and so um so yeah, so you really have to be planning ahead and you know I, that Genomatica uh, photo shoot did not happen overnight. You know, they really plan that and so they're they're really taking it seriously, which is really exciting. Um, but I you know to your earlier point, it's really about staying on the radar. And you know, my business Comprendia, you know, I'm people just see me sharing things on my LinkedIn page, they see it and then 
you know, lo and behold, they decide that, you know, subconsciously or consciously they need to do social media and I'm, I'm top on their list. So that's the same thing with, with, um, life science brands. And also just everyone has become so much more savvy about what's going on at a company. So they're not just buying your product. They're looking at the whole, the whole of, of your parts of, of, you know, I know different companies like I've been to New England Biolabs. I know they give a lot back to uh, research. And so, you know, that's very attractive and, and that comes out in their social media. But, you know, it, it does take an effort. It doesn't just, you know, you can't just completely repackage something that you, you know, like a poster. You can't just, you know, post the PDF of a poster. You need to make it palatable for social media. Yes, please. No, no PDFs of posters. Oh my gosh, they're hard enough to read when you're standing in front of them. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the future. What what kinds of things do you think are going to stay sort of the same? Nothing ever stays exactly the same. And what's going to change? Do you think? Well, I think that the individual. So what you see, the landscape you see today is probably not going to be the same even tomorrow and if you've if you followed me personally you know that I've I've gone through something quite traumatic over the last six months because LinkedIn completely changed LinkedIn groups and so I had built up about 20,000 followers on my LinkedIn groups and I can uh, went from being able to email them overnight to not being able to email them so that's 10 years of work that I that I Right now, I've lost it, um, but I do have. Again, um, I, my I wrote a blog post and I said, "Don't put all your social media eggs in one basket." So, change is the only constant for social media. But one of the things I like to say is, Twitter might not be here forever, but you're going to find out what the next great tool is on Twitter because it's where everyone's talking, and so you know you need to have as I mentioned, an integrated strategy. You know, it can't just be a silo because then if it goes away tomorrow, then you lose all your followers and you need to be getting, you know, leads, email leads. And of course, we all know that GDPR changed email forever about a year ago. So, you know, it's it gets back to the basic tenets of marketing. You know, you just have to have a integrated interdisciplinary uh, program. And I think, you know, we all know, as I mentioned, we're not going to go back to depending on those full page science ads, nothing against science. Um, and again, all of the the major publications now have a lot of different ways you can reach uh, your customers digitally. Um, I think the, your web presence is just always going to be first and foremost um, until the next, you know, web and, and mobile are, are going to be very important. So I think search engine optimization is just key. I just can't, I can't um, emphasize that enough. And for my own business, I know that when people are searching for my products and they're seeking me out, it's just much, much easier to get that business. So that's it, got to be the same everywhere. I actually met a lawyer this weekend who he's actually driving um, Uber and Lyft now because he says he's not on the first page of SEO. And of course, he likes driving Uber and Lyft, but he said it's just so important that he just, unless he really 
um, invests in it, he's just not going to do as well. So he's actually, you know, finding other things to do. But anyway, um, you you asked about other types of uh, trends. I think that we're going to see life science influencers more and more. And so, as I mentioned, when I first started talking about social media, when it first became on my radar, scientists were very wary and they didn't want anyone to be, they didn't want to be seen as wasting their time on social media. And that's definitely changed. Uh, this morning when I was doing some research on those uh, plant and animal genome tweets, I actually found that a researcher was um, showing a picture of a, a pair of socks that he had gotten from a life science brand. I think the company is Phase Genomics. And Phase Genomics told this researcher that if he uh, retweeted this picture and um, told his followers about it, that uh, Phase Genomics would give 50% off of their products. So you're already seeing um, life scientists, and right now they're having fun with it, they're, they're sharing things and they're getting attention from brands, but I can see sooner rather than later, you know, we might have the Kim Kardashian of biotech. And I, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, tongue in cheek and, you know, we can, we could talk a long time about, you know, what's wrong with everyone looking up to the Kardashians, but um, I think as, as funding gets harder, for researchers to find and as they're looking at their own careers they're getting they're realizing that you know there is a there is life after academia and it depends on having a great network and you know selling yourself is important if you can sell yourself on social media you can sell yourself on an um in an interview and so i think we'll we'll see life science influencers even more i think i think probably some of it's happening but it's not as it's not as obvious right now on social media. So have you seen any any influencers in the You know, the, media? when I think of influencers in science, I mean, I guess I would say, and but I guess I don't know if I would call them influencers because I don't really hear them talking about products. But when I think of influencers in life science, you know, every company that I've worked at seems to have its stable of, you know, big name users that they call on continually to give presentations at major events and, and so on. So those, those are influencers. And so there's no reason why a younger scientist couldn't become one of those. So I'm imagining, for example, because um, this is something I've been looking at. If people that listen to the podcast know I've been watching a lot of YouTube lately for many reasons, partly because I'm trying to created documentary film, but I've ended up watching a number of unboxing videos. Like, And I haven't seen one for a science product, but that could be pretty cool, right? Yeah. And, and if someone started a channel about, you know, opening up, I mean, how many new things can you open up? I mean, yeah. obviously you need some significant budget or people send you things to try out. But, you know, even just for fun, like I'm unboxing these new pipette tips. I think wow. that's, I, I hope you just gave someone the idea. So um, it's funny, uh, so with regards to influence, I, I do think life science companies have always had, um, I'm trying to think of all the, in, in marketing meetings, I think we've called it the shepherding, you know, the, the thought leader, the shepherd, um, that the early adopters, 
but I think that the the early adopters who also uh, have a great following are are going to be even more attractive. And of course, the science has to be there. You know, they can't be you know someone who's not doing top research. But I think it will it will definitely become attractive. But it's interesting that you bring up the unboxing, and I don't know if I'm just looking for an excuse to bring this up, but um, do you know what ASMR is, or should we tell? Oh my gosh, <laughs> my hip daughter explained it to me once. She's 13, and um, I have forgotten. So yeah, okay. remind me. So you can actually watch. Uh, I didn't know until I found I found a special on it on Netflix, and I'm forgetting. I think it's either Gizmodo. Or uh, no, it's it's. I think BuzzFeed has a special on Netflix, and yeah, you, you, your listeners should should Google it because it's pretty funny. It's this phenomenon where people will um, unwrap items or put their fingernails on items and make a crinkly noise. And I guess some people find it very soothing. So I can't remember what ASMR stands for. Um, one of us could Google it while we're online. But, yeah, you keep talking. I'm looking. Yeah. All right. So there's a company also in San Diego called V&P Scientific. And this company sells all stir bars. That's their thing. You go to their booth at a conference, you've got like literally 50 stir bars going. So they have started an Instagram channel called oh um, VP Scientific ASMR. And it's all about, you know, someone you know, touching, I know it sounds kind of silly, but touching stir bars and putting them up. Uh, I, I Again, we'll have to put these links in here um, if this doesn't yeah. get cut for being too silly. So but, I've, no, we're not going to cut it. I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm, gonna, I'm on okay. Wikipedia right now. Autonomous, okay. it t sounds, sounds totally scientific. Autonomous sensory meridian response is an experience wow. characterized by static-like or tingling sensation on the skin that typically begins on the scalp. And so I'm guessing those videos sort of let you experience that vicariously or something and the stir bar thing. Yeah, same. yeah. And it's, you, yeah, again, we'll have, to, we'll have to post these links, but it really signaled to me that social media has really become mainstream. There's also another phenomenon on the internet now that's, soap cutting which is crazy it's supposed to be soothing to watch people cut soap and actually someone on instagram was cutting up a gel a dna uh, an agarose dna gel and they were saying it was similar to the soap cutting videos so there's all sorts of you know i'm not i'm i if i were a life science brand i'd be very care careful in getting into this because if you don't get it right you really could get you know some ridicule yeah, flop yeah <laughs> But it is it is fascinating that the scientists are just, you know, they it's mainstream now. You know, social media is mainstream. So all the things that come with social media are going to be, you know, have some part in life science social media. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to wrap up by saying if your Twitter feed has you a little wound up at night, you might want to check out one of those soap cutting videos before you go to sleep. Yeah. But, so Mary Kennedy, this has been fantastic. It has been a really fun conversation. Where we're going to put all these links, ASMR um, and the Pharma report you mentioned at the beginning, and of course a link to your uh, Comprendia site and SDBN, San Diego Biotech Network. Where else um, can people engage with you? Sure. Well, I'm 
I'm all over the internet, but I do believe eventually a life science company needs to be doing their internal social media, their social media internally so that it represents the culture. But I think that um, to get started, a lot of companies just, they have, you know, as I mentioned, 1,500 followers. Uh, we really want to help you get jump started. So um, if you go to comprendia.com slash social, we have uh, packages ranging from bronze to platinum to help you get started um, in social media. Oh, yeah. So I already have a link to that. I already wrote the show notes for this page, believe it or not, because okay. I've seen that. And I want to tell people, you need to go to this page because it is the most well-written landing page <laughs> I have ever seen. And I'm just going to leave it right there. Okay. Thank so, you. I mean, because it was just, like, it had personality and, you know, if, if nothing else, it should inspire you to write better landing pages. Thank you. Um, and that's, that's, we could do another podcast on that because, um, yeah, we talked about messaging and voice and, um, having my own consultancy, I have the liberty to be able to do that. But I think more life science companies could be much more engaging if they, if they put more personality into their copy. Absolutely. All right, Mary, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Chris. There it is. As we've discussed before, engagement is so important. Social media shouldn't just be a broadcast channel. That definitely requires some thought and commitment. And I love Mary's point about intergenerational collaboration. I've got more great episodes lined up. I know you'll be here, but you are welcome to bring a few friends as well. So if there's some of your colleagues who don't know about this podcast, please tell them. There is plenty of space, but bring your own beverage. I will talk to you in a couple weeks. Bye-bye. <laughs>